This episode is brought to us by Zelle, my favorite way to send money to friends and family this summer and any time of the year. So Money episode 1555, comedian, author, and podcast host, Michelle Buteau. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. How do you define wealth for you and how has it evolved? I'm like, what in the Oprah is going on? I told on? you this was going to be sometimes. What in the Oprah is going on? Can I quote that? So Money, what in the Oprah is going on? Michelle Bouteau, I'm going to win an Emmy. Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi, and I am so excited to unleash this episode. Earlier this summer, I had the wild opportunity to tape So Money in front of a live audience in Manhattan. It was an absolute dream come true, thanks to my partnership with Zelle, the digital payment service that is a great way to send money to friends and family who bank in the U.S. Together, we decided to create a really special evening filled with inspiration, energy, entertainment, and of course, financial learning. My guest for the evening was the one and only Michelle Buteau, comedian, podcast host, and author of the book and star of the Netflix series, Survival of the Thickest. And not to brag, but our conversation played out better than most comedy specials. Michelle brought her humor, her heart, and her incredible ability to connect with an audience. She and I talked about her upbringing and what she learned about money as a kid, how the despair of 9-11 inspired her to pivot and pursue something she actually loved, a money narrative she wants to rewrite for her twins, and Michelle is an investor. We learn what she's investing her money in right now. Let's listen. Are we on? Are we hot? Is it happening? Hello, hello. Hi. I have one goal tonight. It is to have fun. I know my show, my show is very serious. We talk about money, but we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. And I mean, how on brand are we to have fun? We have Michelle Buteau with us. Hey um, please, my lady, please Thank sit, you. Oh, please my sit. lady. My lady, my lady. Thank you to all of you for coming. I know it's hard to get out on a Wednesday night in New York City. You somehow found parking. Yeah, with my minivan, no less. What? And they charge you more for a minivan. I'm like, it's the same spot. <laughs> Plus, it's like... Thank you. Thank you. Really? Thank you. Um, well, I'm so honored to have you here, Michelle Buteau. I love interviewing comedian, women comedians. Mm -hmm. I think you have just a genius, beyond genius. I mean, I tried a little bit of comedy in my oh, day. Oh, really? Like, time, like okay. I have a YouTube. You can look it up on YouTube. <gasps> I did a little stint. Roll it. Just kidding. Roll it. <laughs> but I know the economics of comedy is antiquated. You got to like work the clubs at night. Like how can you do that if you have any other priorities? Mm -hmm. um, and then in the beginning, they're always like, you know, you can perform if like 20 of your friends show up. Yes. I can do that once, yeah. but like not every time. So I want to ask you about the business that you're in and mm -hmm. how you have managed that, but also your beginnings. This show is about money, but also when we're talking about money, we're talking about life. Yeah. So I want to talk to you, Michelle, about growing up in New Jersey, uh, a woman, a girl of color. I know this is something that you have documented. This is what you make comedy out of. Mm -hmm. Are we ready? Yeah. Are we ready to do this? Oh, 
baby. Oh, baby. First question is just real softball. It's not even about money. It's about what are you doing this summer? What am I doing this summer? What are you doing for fun? Um, for fun. A lot of self-care. Uh, because I have four and a half year old twins. And for a minute, I'm like, it's selfish. I shouldn't go. And I'm like. Four and a half mm-hmm. years old? Four and a half year old twins. Oh. And the other day, my daughter said, why do your feet look like you've been walking in fire, mama? And I'm like, ooh, because I need a pedicure. Because I've been trying to potty train you. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'm doing a lot of self-care. And also, my husband is Dutch. Mm-hmm. And so we are spending the summer in Amsterdam. Amsterdam right now. I am riding bikes in my plus size onesies, living my life. I love it. I mean, everything is organic. Even the tomatoes had a better life than here. So it is <laughs> very interesting to live uh, at least for a little bit in a place where um, it feels like the government respects you. Mm. Um, there are no guns. There's no um, there's no road rage. Yeah. Like, you know, there's... Um, well, that organic food will help. I mean, let me tell you. I'm, look, I am living my best. I mean, people do think I'm Raven Simone, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, how many of y'all are going on a vacation and maybe sharing it with friends and family? Raise your hands, like splitting costs. So, you know, obviously our great partner Zell tonight, they did a survey and they found that four in 10 Americans are planning to share their holidays this summer with um, others, share costs, and mostly millennials. Are you a millennial? No. No. I'm like a geriatric Mm -hmm. millennial. No, I'm not. Oh, we were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, no. We're getting into it. We're we're getting into it. On Monday, I'll be 46 years old. Woo! Yes. I'm 43. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on which Wikipedia you look yeah. at in terms of the definition of millennial or yeah. Gen X, like yeah. you can kind of go back and forth. Yeah. But I love a Gen X. I'm not mad at it. It's you, great. I'm not mad. You know, I just, I love these terms, um, but I feel like, um, you know, my parents are from the Caribbean yep. and, um, I was the first one born here. And so I, I, I my story isn't like everybody else's, you know what I mean? So I'm just like. It's really nice to watch people with their technology and their hashtags and how they see themselves. But I'm like, I don't know. I, well, you're beautiful. You know this. But this, I know owning your identity yeah. has been a journey. So maybe let's go back to little Michelle. When you were growing up in New Jersey, I was reading that your father is Haitian, but also there's a little bit of Middle Eastern there, like Lebanese. Well, you know, I don't know who put that there. I was like, 23andMe, did you just do my Wikipedia page? <laughs> but, you know, I, you, the, the Lebanese were indentured servants to the, the French. And so uh, I feel like okay. there's a lot of Lebanese situations happening. But my father is from Haiti and my mom is from Jamaica and she's half white. Her dad was from France, which is why I think she liked my dad because there was a French but I don't want to know why my parents liked each other I'm just here you know what I mean like I don't need to that's know another why. show yeah look yeah and so um it's very interesting that you talk about money because my mom you know always said um you have to take care of yourself don't depend on a man mm-hmm. make your own money she taught me how to balance a checkbook um before she taught me like anything else like there was never like a, this is how you do your nails this is how you comb your hair it's just like balance the checkbook yeah yeah um, a lot of creators that I, I, I interview, especially the ones who've really um, gone on to really like make it, you know, it's really hard. It's a tough industry. They yeah. see themselves as entrepreneurs and small business owners in tandem to being, you know, creatives and whether it's an actress or a comedian or all of the above. Yeah. Do you see yourself like that? No, I just see a plus size woman trying to live her truth. Hmm. And that's all I can be. Yeah. And, and how much of that, um, 
do, like, what are the lessons from childhood, the biggest money memory you have growing up that has continued to sort of hang out in your, in your adulthood today? Oh my goodness, so many. Um, uh, don't be afraid of hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't mind a long day as long as it's fun. And, um, you know, I have my uncle's the Archbishop of Jamaica, right? So, um, and I don't mean to say this in a wrong way, but uh, in Jamaica, at least from, wh- from what I've seen, the poorer you are, the more religious you are. You just have to believe in something, right? And so my family is very generous. And so I am also very generous. Mm. And so if people need help, I will help them. And I always trust it's going to come back. Mm. But I'm also not afraid of hard work. And I remember working overtime at WSBN, editing the local news in Miami. And uh, I was so mad that my my manager didn't say thank you Mm. to me for working all those hours and my feet hurt. And my dad was like, never work for a thank you. Just leave with a you're welcome. Yeah. But at the same time, do you feel like there's a, to- a line to toe? Because yes, you want to be grateful and like hard work. I get, I'm a daughter of immigrants. Yeah. But you don't want to undervalue yourself 100%. either. 100%. So how do you negotiate for yourself? And I know this is a, it's not like you figured it all out. Maybe you have, and I will be listening and taking all the notes. But I feel well, like for everybody, <laughs> it is like a growth process, you know? Oh, that's we- my Uber Eats. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like most recently, what have you learned about negotiating your value? In the industry, in the industries. Yeah, I mean, what a great question. I feel like um, everyone, everyone's different, right? And so for me, I had, I don't mind a slow simmer. I'm, I'm really appreciative that it has taken so long. I don't think it's taken, not by my standards, because I'm still alive, so it's right on time. But um, just learning about um, all the little nooks and crannies of the business And, you know, when you have a team together, what that means and who's going to ask for what and how they can get you a better deal. And so for me, I really rely on my team and like I sort of like figured out what they do. And um, also doing a lot of stuff for free, I think, is a great education. Mm -hmm. Not forever. But, you know, what I did learn for like the eight years of doing stuff for free or low pay is that um, I'm better than whoever you're paying. So now I know. Mm -hmm. Pay me. Pay me. Yeah. Um, going back to the summer, like, so really quick, I yeah. wanted to say something earlier about summer activities. Um, are you, did you go see Taylor Swift yet? I, Ma'am. <laughs> no, but I did it's see helping Beyonce. The I did see Beyonce. Woo! I saw Beyonce. I just want to go to a concert. And um, yeah. the reason I'm bringing this up is because um, I just feel like, Again, um, one of the things that you said about your pedicure, like mm-hmm. your, your daughter thought your feet were on fire. I yeah. feel like it's really hard to find the fun in your life. And, and even not just the fun, like the self-care. Yeah. Um, what is something that you are being more conscious about as your star is rising? Like that does, that does speak to the importance of taking care of yourself. Like, are you being deliberate about things more than you ever were? Your time, for example? Yeah. I mean, I like, I'm a busy body, but I think the one thing that I'm really um, starting to um, figure out how to do is not take everyone's energy on Mm -hmm. because um, I, you know, I like to take care of people. I like to be there for people. You know, I have 
an amazing friend group. I call them my chosen family. There's, you know, so many people from different walks of life, but what I can't do is take them on because the energy I have is for me, my husband, my kids, and them two dogs. That's it. And then me, and then me, and me, 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 you know? Yeah. It's like uh, someone was telling me you have to, at some point, there's a learning curve in terms of like who you surround yourself with. And oh, lots of Uber sorry, Eats tonight. That's oh the other God. Uber Eats driver. Who has a ring like that anymore? <laughs> um, you started comedy. I was reading, and maybe this is wrong or right because I, I also, can't wait. I don't know, Brady. It's like in Lebanon. In Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> um, days before September 11th. Oh, three days after. Or three days after. Okay. Yeah. So right around, but yeah. but so September 11th happens, and you're like, I'm going to become a comedian. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, no. There, well, so um, so when I went to college, I wanted to be a journalist. Um, I wanted to be like Mary Hart. I wanted to wear like, oh like have a red lip and shoulder pads and just tell and you what. You were upset when I said Taylor Swift. Oh, no. But look, she's, you know, like Taylor Swift, adorable. Yeah. But like my references are older than Taylor Swift. So um, no shade. Beyonce, amazing. So um yeah, I mean, I wanted to be a journalist and we were going around the room uh, in this class and we were saying like what we wanted to be. And uh, my professor told me I'm just simply too fat to be on camera. And I was definitely embarrassed, but like didn't challenge him because I didn't have my voice yet. I was still shy. I respected my elders. I um, quite frankly didn't see anyone like me on TV. So I was like, okay. Um, then I'll just work in production. Like as Mm -hmm. long as I get to be creative and like do stuff, uh, with people. And then I just wanted every day to feel like a different day because my mom's a customs broker. My dad's, um, he's, he was an international auditor and you know, they love their jobs, I guess, but I wanted every day to feel different. And, um, I started editing the local news right away and I was so tired of editing basic people. I'm like, do you like what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you were so dead behind the eyes. Like, let's go. Yeah. Can you walk and talk? It's literally, hello, my name is. Yeah. And so I'm like, what am I doing? And everyone's like, you are so funny. You should be a comedian. And I would go to uh, comedy shows. And I'm like, comedians are like broke. Yeah. A lot of them were sad. Mm-hmm. They're not having sex. They're not eating good food. They like to smoke a lot of weed. I said, that's not, that's not me. And it's all happening at like 11 p.m. Not, yes. Uh, I said, that's not me. I like, I like to have a good time. I like, if I like money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. And so like, and I'm happy. And so I didn't think there was a place for me in standup, especially like, I don't know. I would look at these standup comics and uh, I would like edit their jokes in my mind. I'm like, it could have been better if you just waited. Uh. And then every time like there was only one female on a show if you were lucky and then the host would just make a meal out of it they'd be like all right we got something a little different coming up now yeah it's a lady one it's still funny though and i'm like why are we tre- like why are you treating her like that like right, right. we know she's a woman when she comes on stage right. let her say what she got to say mm-hmm. and then she goes into i'm a lady so i think like this and i'm like no sis there's so <laughs> much more to you girl and so um I was working overnights at WNBC and 9-11 happened. And I remember my news, uh, my newsroom director said, um, everybody, you can stay at your own risk or leave at your own will. Um, we don't know what's happening. And that's like such a crazy thing to hear from your news director. And I essentially was editing 
like a real life horror movie mm -hmm. for 48 hours. And there was like this moment where they're like, okay, no body parts, no this, no that. And I was like, why am I erasing these people? Mm -hmm. This is insane. And I'm like, wow, life is short. Um, and I remember my newsroom director was like, we are going to have therapists come by and pay for all your meals. And I was like, oh, I love the meal part. I don't need therapy. I'm good. I was like in my 20s. I'm like, I'm good. I'm going to do stand up, I think. And wow. what? And so I did stand up and um, and I never looked back. Wow. So you go where your first open mic or your first like your first few, at least like, yeah. What was it like? And what, what made you realize, like, I got to keep doing this? Because that's um, one of the scariest things. I, I, um, I got a copy of The Village Voice. Yes. And I saw. <laughs> rest I, in peace. Yeah, rest yeah. in power. And I saw that this um, dude was teaching stand-up comic, uh, com comedy. I don't even know the word for it anymore. <laughs> um, and I'm like, cool, man. And so I met with him and I'm like, here's some like, like germs of ideas. Like, what do I hear the seeds? And mm -hmm. he's like, this is really good. Just also write 10 things you hate and 10 things you love. And then there was like a show mm -hmm. that you bring people to. Mm -hmm. And I was, and I don't know how I got people to come. I, you know, a lot of people were working in the news. Those were my friends. Those are the people I knew in the city. And I think everybody just wanted to go somewhere and see something else. And so I just kept asking people, like, will you come to the show? Will you come to the show? Yep. And so, And yeah. they will until they won't. Yeah. And people, like, I made, I'm, comedy clubs make a lot of money off of our backs. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of how I did it. I just And were you, what, 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 did you have side hustles? Were you, like, was there a quintessential New York job that you had? I mean, I pet sat. I, birds um, in the oh, beginning. Yes. Did you talk to them? They talked to me. Mm. Um, but we all have like that New York sort yeah. of, you know, in the beginnings, like I did this crazy thing for six months, but then, you know, so no, do you have me. How did you afford to I don't pursue like, comedy? I don't like crazy things. I feel like life is crazy enough <laughs> as a black woman in public. Let me just stop. You know what I mean? I like a paycheck. I like my cable on. I want to see uh, that high speed internet real quick. Um, I worked overnight. I I still edited the news for uh, six years. So I would do two or three shows a night for free. Free comedy show. Wow. We got good guys. We got cute guys with good credit. Like that was my line to get people in. And ladies were like, okay. And I was like, oh, now I got to get a guy with good credit. I'll send your credit score. It doesn't matter. Come on in. And I would bark. It's called barking. How gross. And then um, I would do two or three shows um, from like six to 11 something and then go work midnight from nine midnight to 9 30 a.m uh doing the overnights uh for six years and so I just did that because I liked I was also helping take care of my grandma in Jamaica you know what I mean wow. like I I um yeah I mean there was like responsibility too but I also my parents could wrap their mind around it because I you know was doing something I love but still taking care of myself was there a moment in your uh, comedy journey as you're on stage and you're getting a lot of laughs and I'm sure sometimes some not laughs because mm -hmm. it's part of the journey. Yeah. And that's on them because I'm hilarious. And, right. I mean, <laughs> but that, like you really felt like you had tapped into something like that was yeah. special because the best comedians always have something unique to say. They like move, they turn the dial. Yeah. They're like, they're funny, but they're also making commentary. And you certainly are doing that. Um, when did you realize you had good material? I think I, always was that person, even in college. 
you know, now I just have a platform Mm -hmm. and, uh, comedy really helped me find my voice, um, to demand better, whether it's at a job or in a relationship or Mm -hmm. even at a restaurant when I really don't want it. And you brought it to me, but I don't want to bother you. It's like, no, no, I don't want this. Take it back. Thank you so much. You're doing great. This is not what you want to do for a living. I see that we can move on. You know what I mean? There's something that happened also with stand up. Follow me now, guys. I love crowd work. I love to look at the room. I love to see like that guy with the beard with the tattoos. Like, where are you from? It's giving Coney Island and I love it. But the point is, it's like, what's that? Queens. Same, right? I don't know. I'm no Christopher Columbus. What do I know? But like, I love looking at people and just seeing who are like, who are you? And like doing um, crowd work, I started to like see people's inner child Mm. where I was like connecting with people in a way that like comedians are too scared to because they're scared not to have a laugh or whatever it is. It's just like, why are you doing something so crazy and amazing if you're still scared? Mm. Like do something else then, Mm -hmm. you know, like again, real corny, but it is what it is. I'm going to do this and I'm going to have fun and live out loud because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And like, and I'm not even talking about being dead. Like, I don't know, like early onset dementia. I don't know what I've seen a notebook. Like, I don't know what yeah. could happen, you know? And so I feel like, um, a lot of that, my friend Phoebe Robinson, who has uh, she's written many books. And when I was trying to write my book, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. Cause I actually do know what to say, but I don't survival of the it. thickest, everybody. Yes. Order survival of the <laughs> thickest plus size essays in a small minded world. And you gotta say it like that when you go to Barnes and Noble. And <laughs> she, someone told her when she was writing her book, write your book. Like everyone, you know, is dead. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so that's how I wrote my book. And that's how I really started to live my life. My writing coach is in the audience, Suzanne. I wonder what she thinks of that. But that what do you think, she's Suzanne? clapping. Yeah. <laughs> she loves that. She just took, she's going to She was that. clapping like the, it was the price is right or something. That was <laughs> you really Come know the down. crowd. You really <laughs> tapped into the crowd. I love it. All right. I don't want to ask, like, I don't want to sound cliche because I hate when people are like, how do you do it when you're a mom and you have a career? But really, how do you do it as a comedian with the schedule Yes. and, you know, children and a partner and and anything, anything you have outside of work? Like, I think that, you know, entertainment, you have to sort of go with the momentum. Yeah. And how do you, what are the boundaries you create? What are the guardrails that you have? I don't know. What are the, like, what are Michelle's rules for sanity in this kind yeah, of stage of different. your life? Yeah, yeah, everyone's different. And so, um, you know, I, for so long, I was doing so many things for free. You know, like I was writing the sketches. I was filming them. I was getting people together. I was writing jokes. I was doing producing the shows. Da, 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 right. And so that kind of has prepared me for being in my 40s and taking care of twins and the house and this and that. And so, like, I don't know. I always loved being busy anyways. But when it comes to, like, really protecting my peace, saying no to things has been, like, so good. Because when I say yes to, like, the other things, I'm like, oh, that was really fun. You know, like that actually fed my soul. And um, yeah, I mean, when I shut it off, I shut it off. I think COVID was like really hard, obviously, because, you know, you can't like you're doing everything, everything. at once and there's never a clean spoon. It's like, what what is this? Um, and I always had dirty feet. I'm like, I'm very, trust me, I got a pedicure. Don't worry. But like, <laughs> yeah, I think figuring out what I need in the moment, because what I need from, you know, when the twins were two is not the same now when they're four and a half. So, yeah. 
What, speaking of your twins, twin girls or boy girl? Girl, boy, till you tell me otherwise, I'm very inclusive. Cool. <laughs> um, what is a money narrative that you want to rewrite for them? We all grow up with perceptions of money or ideas around money, good and bad. Yeah. And now with adults with agency, we it's our it's our right, it's our power to be like, that's what my parents did, that's what I learned, that's what society wanted me to do, but yeah. no more. Yeah. And so is there something you a pattern you want to undo for your for your daughters, for your daughter and son? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a beautiful question. And I feel like right now the only thing I want to make sure that I can do for them is that it is their life, not mine. Mm -hmm. They will never embarrass me. I am only proud of them. As long as they do it for themselves and not for anyone else, then I'm cool with that, man. You know, however you feel like you want to live because, you know, being rich is subjective, uh, especially going to Holland where I'm like, oh. this is how you live and that's what you make. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got a garden. Mm-hmm. And healthcare, <laughs> right. and it's not like a luxury; it's just like a, like standard. So, two questions about that. Mm-hmm. What? Not one, yes. but two. Double. I love a follow-up. A twofer. Um, tell me, but you mentioned how you know, and I, and that like my hair went up on my um, on my arms because you said like I, I would never want them to feel embarrassed or that they're embarrassing me. Yeah. That is like classic trauma of, I think, raise your hand if you ever felt that way, that you never wanted to do something that would embarrass your parents and you wanted to make them happy mm-hmm. to a fault. So with how, give me a story about that because now I'm sure selling them on comedy probably wasn't simple, was or was it? I mean, I feel like yeah. every immigrant parent wants you to be like, wants you to follow the, the tried and true path. Well, every time I try to do something to make them happy, I never got it right. So then they're upset. I'm upset. We're all frustrated. And so I think it's good to take time away from the people that you're closest to, even the ones that raised you, to figure out. I always say, like your Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride, how you like your eggs? <laughs> I told you my references are old. I knew The that guy much. from Queens is like Googling. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like... The minute I really started making decisions for me, then we sort of respected each other. Yeah. And so, like, even at my last uh, special, Welcome to Butopia, that won a Critics' Choice Award. Thank you so much. First female to do that, which is insane. You don't have to clap, but thanks. (laughs) My mom is in the audience. She's super proud. This is my one-hour Netflix special. I have arrived, darling, and it was like a plus-size sequence suit. Oh, my God, the wedgie. It was like tiny little knives in my butt, but I'm like, how's Beyonce do it? Let's go. And um, I have a joke about anatomy. I'm very proud. I'm, you know, I'm uh, body positive, sex positive, and she knows this. And if you don't like it, you don't have to come to the show. She came to the show. Mm. I did the joke. Mm-hmm. People laughed. And she looked so disappointed. Mm. And um, while we were editing the special... Uh, with Paige Hurwitz and Wanda Sykes. They have a producing, uh, they, their pro- producers are my um, special. They're like, we can cut this joke if you want. I'm like, no, leave it in. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, Paige, genius, she goes, okay, we're going to do the joke, but we're going to cut to your mom looking disappointed. 
I was like, awesome. And it's so hilarious because I'm like, that is also my life. Yes. Like people are bent over with laughter. Have you talked to her about it? Yeah, but I don't know if she hears me. You know what I mean? Like she listens, but I don't know if she hears me. And so it's like, it's that. Like, I don't think it's ever going to, I don't think we're ever going to high five and be like, hey girl, hey. But I can't understand what it was like growing up the time she did and and the pressure that she had to come here and assimilate and do all that stuff. Like she really set me up for success just to be a loud mouth, you know, freckle face biatch. Oh my God. But you know, she's so proud. Oh my God. She tells all her girlfriends about you. The ones that are still alive. Because every time I talk to her, there's a new funeral. <laughs> okay, my second question. You remember? I'm so I, impressed. I know. I was like, it was going away. And then it came back. It always I was does. so into your storytelling. But the second question, because you mentioned Holland and sort of, you know, what, what we define as wealth here versus overseas and just yeah. all of that. How do you define wealth for you? And how has it evolved? Oh my, what in the Oprah is going on? I told on? you this was going to be sometimes. What in the Oprah is going on? Can I quote that? So money, what in the Oprah is going on? Michelle Bouteau, I'm going to win an Emmy. Um, it's, it's definitely changed for me having kids because, you know, now I'm on some generational wealth business where I'm like, cause I want to promote that generational health. I want them to know that they will be taken care of. They should still work for whatever they want. But, ooh, baby, I want to just provide happy memories so they know what it's like to be a strong, opinionated woman, you know, living her truth and paying the bills. Yeah. By doing something you love. You know, when I first started stand-up, there were so many writers and producers uh, in the news business that were like, it's not a real job. It's really hard. I don't know if you'll make it. Uh, manage your expectations. And I'm like, sounds like you're very sad to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come to my show? I need a plus. Do you know what I mean? Like I got to perform if you want to come with your sad this story. This is happening. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, before I was like, money will be there. It's there to like, it'll just come when it comes. And now I'm like, let's figure out how to save. Yeah. 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 I, maybe that's the parent effect. Sometimes I've interviewed people that are like, once you have a child or once yeah. you're caring for anybody, whether yeah. it's your, like once you have a dependent, games changed. Mm-hmm. You don't like think, oh, if I just, you know, if I follow my passion, yeah, the money will come. Oh man. No, you got to ask to get paid. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and my mom was always like, have your money, make money. Like she yes. never understood. So are you investing? Thing. No, I'm not. Inv- I'm investing in my sale, but no, I like, I like to, uh, I like to own property. That's my favorite thing. Where do you buy? Tell us your secrets. Um, well, I guess it's not a secret no more. I mean, um, do you really have a strategy or you have, you said properties? Well, um, when I was working at NBC, I was making a lot of money and my mom's like, stop buying people dinners and mm. going to Zara and spending your money. And so I couldn't afford to buy anything in New York. And so, um, you know, I, I got a place in Florida in a very, like a, a undesirable neighborhood. That's called Florida. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's a real gay neighborhood in Florida. Gay, 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 gay. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I just invested in this like weird one bedroom and learned how to be a landlord and awesome. sort of just like 
figured out how to make money and have good credit. And, you know, I'm not good at, I'm really not good at like poker or games or like following the thing and the thing. Like I like to buy something, pay cash, keep it moving. Like I yeah. don't, yeah. Is that part of your upbringing? Because I know like immig- my, my parents are like, debt, what? Like student loans, what? Like we don't do that. It's all, like as, as much as you can use cash. Yeah. It's like a mentality. No, my parents, no, mm. that's me. I need to keep okay. it simple. I don't like to owe anybody anything. All right. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? We'll do like a few, like don't overthink this. Okay. I'm going to finish. I never, just finish oh, you the don't sentence. have to worry about me overthinking. <laughs> just finish the sentence. Okay. All right. Ready? Sort of. The one thing nobody tells you about money is. Um, I, uh, it's good. It's good. Right. Because it's so taboo. Yes. And we should talk about it more. Do you talk about money with like actively with like your partner and friends and family and like Yes. Good. Yeah. But it's also like talking about sex. Some people aren't ready because it's like very personal, intimate, unless like yeah. you have a healthy relationship with it. I'm not overthinking. Okay. No overthinking. Okay. Next. Um, okay. If I had to describe my relationship with money in one word, it would be? Uh, healthy. Great. The one thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is? Um, uh, nannies and, um, and, and, um, beautiful people that clean my house. Yes. Childcare, <laughs> housework. Yeah. My biggest recurring splurge is, um, champagne. Ooh, we have some tonight. You should Give join some. us. One thing I <laughs> wish I had known about money growing up is, and we kind of covered this, but yeah, we're three and first. That you could be a brown female and actually make it. That's right. When I donate money, I like to give to blank. Oh my goodness. All the causes. Trevor Project, uh, Planned Parenthood. And yes. Fantastic. And Mm -hmm. then last but not least, I'm Michelle Buteau. I'm so money because. Because I'm that bitch. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Is that it? You passed. A plus. Do I go now? No, you can't go. You need to hug me first. Oh my goodness. Round of applause again for our lovely, lovely guest. Let's do a selfie, everybody. Oh my God, a selfie? Let's do an audience selfie. Ready? Hold on a second. Let me just get this. Um, we're really showing our Gen X here. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, look at my Afro puffs. <laughs> Yay, love it. Thank oh you so goodness. much. Such Thank a good you. Sport. Thank what you. What a fun bat mitzvah. This is dope. <laughs> Thanks again to Michelle Buteau for joining me on stage and special thanks to our partner Zell for making the evening possible. To learn more about Zell, visit zellpay.com and look for it in your banking app. Thanks for tuning in. I hope your day is so money. Money.